I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, welcome back to In The Pink with me, Natalie Pinkham and Bose. It's another lockdown and I know it's hard, but we are going to do our very best to keep you entertained and connected throughout with some great guests here on In The Pink. And we kick the series off with Kevin Magnusson. What a lovely bloke he is. And we're going to continue the series with his teammate, albeit only for a few more races. It's Roman Grosjean. Now, Roman started in Formula One in 2009 before our haters of a few years. Uh, he then came back in earnest in 2012. And we discussed the highs and lows of his career and what the future holds for him. He's got some really interesting theories on other drivers in the paddock and what he wants to get in his teeth into once he leaves the sport. Loved our chat. He was open and honest and great company. Here he is, Roman Grosjean. Well, Roman, lovely to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, good, good. How are you kind of coping in the craziness that is 2020? Uh, not well, I guess, like everyone else. Uh, you know, I think we're not, uh, we're not really done to leave the year that we are living. Uh, obviously, there has been much worse time in history, but um, yeah, it's not easy to, you know, have so, so much limitation on what you can do. Uh, luckily, Formula One has managed a really good way to go racing um, and, and find the best where we can. But also for everyone, you know, you're a bit worried that uh, if you catch the virus, you may give it to someone which could be weak and then it's just not a an amazing time to uh, to live, but also on the other hand, we're trying to make up for it and uh, go into esports or different things and uh, you know get involved in what we can do. How much of a concern has it been to you as a driver catching it? Because obviously, there's pretty big consequences if you miss a couple of races. It's a big deal. It is. So really, we need to be as careful as we can. Uh, you know, I've got three little kids, so they cannot stop leaving. And they, they still go to school and, and they enjoy their friends and so on. And I think they really missed it for the, during the first lockdown. So I try to be as careful as I can. But obviously, I don't think we all, anyone is really protected from, from COVID. So really following the World Health Organization uh, protocol and, and, and everything we can do to make sure that we stay as safe as we can. But uh, we're never really 100% sure you're going to be fine. No, and I think that's the thing about having kids is that, as you say, when they're at school, um, they're, they're often carriers for COVID, even if they're asymptomatic. So a lot of the parents and teachers may have it. It's not until the likes of us who get tested so regularly with F1 that even know we've got it. Because that's why I didn't come to Imola, because my husband got it from our daughter who got it from school. I didn't yeah, get exactly. it. He got yeah. it. And- the, the, the knock-on effect is, but you only know you've got it if you've been tested because most people are asymptomatic. Yeah, which is very much the, the tricky part of COVID. You know, the asymptomatic part is really where you don't know you have it, so you feel fine and you can give it to someone. And then obviously for us, yeah, we've been tested a lot of time. I think I'm going to do my 35th test on Monday. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping the count out of interest. I think it's quite fun. Yeah. When you go to a new lads, they're like, you know it works. Uh, yes, this is my 30-second test. <laughs> really? 
yes, yes. Every four days on average. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it, it gives you some level of confidence and safety and, you know. But anyway, I don't want to talk to you about COVID because that's all we ever talk about, isn't it, at the moment? Um, obviously, it's been a tricky season for you, Um most recently learning that you're not going to be staying with Haas after this year and sort of coming to the conclusion that this is probably the end of your Formula One career. Is, is that something that you've kind of consigned yourself to? Is that, is that confirmed in your mind that you will leave the sport or is there a glimmer of hope that a seat could come up? Well, I think for next year, definitely I won't be racing in Formula One. Uh, well, never say never, but looks like the grid is, is full and, um, and there aren't any seats. Uh, does that mean that in the future there won't be any seats uh, opening? I don't know. Uh, but uh, for now, I know that most likely, or 99.9%, I won't be racing in Formula One next year. So, you know, after that, luckily there's a life outside of Formula One that sometimes we forget when, when we're in that world. And uh, you look at other categories and other challenges, and there are so many races around the world that I would like to compete in. Um, obviously, we are mid November. And, and it's not easy to find a seat for next year. And I think, again, sorry to talk again about COVID, but it's been hard on every racing team. And, and financially, the, you know, a lot of companies are, are struggling a bit. So it's not that easy to, um, to find a good seat to go racing. But uh, really, I am I'm very looking forward to the next challenges. I think it's definitely something that I haven't done for the last 10 years. It's winning races. And uh, I miss that. You know, I was born to be a winner, and it's uh, it's hard to explain to your kids when they lose at football on Sunday morning that it's not the end of the world and it's okay and so on. Whilst you know you would be the same and you'd be disappointed and, and not happy about it. So I'm quite happy and glad that they have that winning feeling and that they hate losing as much as they do. Uh, and and I guess it drives you uh, in your life and always pushes you to get to the next step and to do better. Because, I mean, it's possible that you have a sabbatical. You know, you had something of a, of a false start with your F1 career first time round, didn't you? I did. I did, yes. I mean, it was, it was a worse time because, you know, I didn't have much. I didn't make a, a living from racing. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do when I was 23 years old. Um, no, I'm 35. I've had a really good time in Formula 1. Uh, 10 years, you know, I've proven that I can not win, but be on the podium then uh, to uh, develop a team, to develop a car, uh, to be a leader. So I think all of that, it's, it's very nice to have in your, in your CV. And um, as I say, there are the championships that I, I'm looking at. And uh, somewhere, wherever I do next, I want to go where I can have a chance to be on a podium and, and win and thinking to go into weekend and having that rush of adrenaline and, and special feeling that, you know, it's, it's an important weekend because you need to deliver to win. But I feel with you, there's so many strings to your bow. You're not like your average racer. You know, you, you're passionate about cooking. You've got other skills in other sports. You're clearly interested in marketing and sponsorship. You've got an interest in a brain technology company. We'll talk about that more later on. But there's so many other things you could do, but it feels to me like... It's a bit of unfinished business when it comes to racing. So, so you are confident that you will at least do another couple of years of that? Yes, yes. I am not uh, done with racing. And obviously, I, I ask myself. Uh, and this year, in a way, it was good to have the lockdown because you can think about it and, uh, you know, gives you a bit of time to reflect on everything. But, um, yeah, I, I want to do more racing. Uh, I, I'm not done with it yet. Um, is, is next year going to be a sabbatical or, or something else? I don't know yet, uh, but uh, I want to do more racing. Yeah, don't blame you. Uh, what about your reflections on your career? Because as we say, you, you started in 2009, then you had a bit of a dip and then came back in 2012. Um, how do you reflect on your career in Formula One? What will you be telling the kids um, I mean, they probably ask already. I know they watch you, but what would you say sort of round the fire at Christmas time were your kind of key highlights, but also just seminal moments, if you like, within the sport? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I am proud of my careers. Um, 
there's always things we could have done differently and better. And I wish the experience I have today was here at the beginning and, and things would have probably gone a little bit differently. Maybe the only regret I have is, is that uh, Lotus went bankrupt in 2014 after a brilliant 2013. We're on a path of, of you know, going somewhere well and I didn't get an offer from a top team at that time. Uh, Kimi went to Ferrari and Astel Lotus and we just uh, went down. And it's very hard for, to recover when you've been uh, in a team that is close to the back of the field, um, really. And uh, then I took the Haas challenge, which was a great experience as well. But suddenly we just didn't quite, the last two years, we didn't quite get up to speed or, or, or engage second after a great start. And um, yeah, I guess that's the only regrets. Yes, I have made mistakes. I have I've talk, spoken too much sometimes, uh, but I always say what I what I feel. Uh, I admit when I'm wrong after. Um, but yeah, I know I, I could have won some races. That, there's no regrets in not winning, not winning a race because I know every time I had a chance, I tried as much as I could and I did everything I could. Uh, I would say maybe the only regrets is that after 2013, I didn't really get a chance to have a car that was competitive and, and carried the momentum. I think that's got to be the biggest flaw in Formula One is that some great drivers have sort of had these sliding door moments when they could have been propelled to a front-running team and had a very different career as a result. Um, it doesn't seem fair. I mean, there's no other sport I can think of like that where um, talent isn't given the opportunity to really blossom in the same way. And you, you often think what could have been. Um, is that a frustration of yours that um that you that you think about that you dwell on are you able to see how far you've come in that time no i think i have you know i've never dreamt of doing 180 golf plays in formula one being 10 times on, on the podium uh doing as as much as i have done and you know if i think about it maybe the 86 87 generation was the wrong one to be to be in you know paul di resta nico hülkenberg myself um, even Sebastian Birmi a little bit. We all came at a time where the top seats were taken. The old guys wouldn't leave Formula One yet, and the young one just came after. And we kind of never really got our chance, you know. And um, it's just the way it is, you know. There's no much you can control about that. And uh, as I say, you know, being ten years in Formula One has been incredible, and uh, I think I've achieved what I wanted to. Uh, obviously, you always want to be world champion, but uh, you discover that with, without the, the right tool, there is no chance. And uh, hopefully that would change in the future, because I think it would bring Formula One in a much better place if, you know, if, if it wasn't just dominated by, um, by a, a team, which, which is doing an incredible job. Uh, absolutely uh, beautiful, but uh, also a bit of sad for the racing part where they, um, they're just too strong for the others. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That generation of drivers. You're so right. Timing is everything, isn't it? And when you're born is significant in that because we have seen a sort of changing of the guard, but it, there almost needed to be a, a gap of 10 years between the likes of Lewis and co. And then coming through Lando and co now and those sort of caught in the middle. It's kind of no man's land to an extent, hasn't it? Well, I guess so. I mean, if, if we look at the stats and the drivers and, and the opportunities, yes, the, that, that middle part has been struggling a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I guess, again, we've, we've made it to Formula One. We've stayed there for a long time. Uh, there's no complaint about that. So you could say the star, the star got aligned uh, at one point, but not quite fully to get more. Yeah, so true. The world continues to evolve. And the new norm isn't fully clear yet. But what does remain constant is the core message from our friends at Bose. Stay calm, stay centred and stay connected. Communication is key in everything we do and goes a long way to nurturing both ourselves and our relationships with others. So continue to talk about what matters to you. And don't be afraid to block out unhelpful noise or indeed to embrace silence, because doing both can be great. Some of the ways we work will have changed forever. Embrace that. Make those new ways work for you. Shape the new norm to suit you. Feel more, do more, be more with Bose. Um, 
But let's talk a bit more about Haas because I think that you did make a great start. And this was, I know that you were full of hope and expectation that you could mould this new team. I mean, it was a really exciting proposition for you as an experienced driver to bring a new team on and to score points on the debut of the team. Um, and, and really, you, you did have a strong season. So at that stage, you must have thought, oh, you know, this is the start of some great times with the team and I, I know you shared a similar sort of pure racing mentality didn't you felt like an exciting project didn't it back in 2016 oh yeah for sure no it was a great project and and the whole idea behind behind it was was very good and I think you now we've seen it with uh racing points doing kind of the same and, and you know uh, Alfa Torio has been kind of linked with Red Bull so it was uh, it was a brilliant idea uh, started really well and I think generally what happened is that every year we uh, we dropped a bit in performance. So we always started well and, and dropped a bit. And uh, I guess that was never really resolved. And that has always been happening. And um, when the Ferrari was strong early in the season, we would be strong. And, and then drop back a little bit in the last two years. We haven't been strong at the beginning and haven't really improved uh, during the year. So... I guess that's that's the limitation a little bit uh, of the system. Um, but uh, again, I have no regret on joining Haas in 2016. Um, I've had five good years, you know, uh, 100 Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi with them, which, which you think about it is it's impressive. It really is. But do, was the lack of progress all down to money that you just couldn't afford the upgrades as the other teams were making? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put everything on money, uh, but that's just just my personal opinion. Uh, obviously, this year, yes, this year the the team has decided that we were going to race the the, the launch car for the whole year. Uh, so we're still racing the car that we had in Barcelona winter testing, and obviously you now we we've, we've just dropped in the field, but we didn't really start as high as we were hoping to. Um, but I think it was just more. I don't know if it's the the, the setup. Um, if it's the people or what, or what but uh, definitely just uh, we missed a bit of progress in the year What's Gunther Steiner like to work for and with? Well I guess with Gunther you have what you see uh, which is uh, which is good which is something I appreciate you know there's no need of, uh, of, of putting a lot of butter on the on the bread to make it nice you know uh, so we've, we've had a good relationship uh, always been um, straight the one to the to the other uh, and that, that has been great has there is there any sense though that you feel i mean i'm sure you you must be gutted to be have been let go is there any sense of disloyalty on his part do you fully accept his reasons behind it well i don't i think first of all it was it was more jin's call on, on deciding that he was going to uh, invest less money in Formula One. And mm. I can fully understand, you know, Jean has invested in the sport a huge amount of money, um, came for five years and more, because uh, the future is still, still going. And really, that's been impressive. You know, we haven't seen any new teams coming to Formula One and being so much involved. But also, if you look at the results, uh, for Jean to invest so much money and be at the back and not having a chance to fight for a podium or even a top five it's just a little bit yeah discouraging and um having just decided that uh, also is with the situation in the world he was going to reduce significantly the the budget and Gunther didn't really have a choice so um, he had to go for uh, for drivers with with financial strong financial backup and that's something Kevin I myself wouldn't do but is there a risk in that of just taking the money but not actually having the experience? Um, you know, you, it feels like you, you could do with one rookie that brings a load of cash, but then somebody that's got a bit more experience to steer the ship. Yeah, well, that, that was my feeling that uh, Keva or myself would be let go and, and the other one would stay with a, with a rookie alongside just to, uh, to help steer the team and, and try to put them back on the road for 2022 because I think... 2021 is going to be the same cars, so you can expect a tough season. Um, but uh, I guess the problem was too big and they just needed to go for, for two rookies. Uh, you know, I think I wish them the best, but I also can, can see that it may be a bit of a tricky year. 
Do you think that Jean will ultimately sell the team to Mazepan's dad? I've got no idea, to be fair. Uh, I've got no idea. I think Jean still enjoys Formula One, uh, but he's also a strong businessman and, mm. and you know, needs to see how much the passion, how much passion he has for Formula One versus how much fun he's having with it. Yeah, it's expensive business. There's no two ways yeah, about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure it is. Now, tell us a bit more about yourself and your family and the way that perhaps it's changed you because um, you and Marion have obviously been together for a very long time and she has a shared passion for what you do which I think is always very helpful um, as long as you don't talk about F1 all the time at home. <laughs> do, does she come and interrogate you after the races like she would if she was still interviewing you in the pen? No I think she uh, no she's not and, and she knows that the last two Three years have been a bit complicated and, uh, and you know, not uh, as fun as they, they could have been on track. So we tend to avoid talking about Formula One uh, just because it's, it's been a little bit more bad news than good news. Uh, but uh, and the, I must say the kids are taking their whole space. Uh, I don't know if it's the same at yours, but the kids are, are just using every space they have. Yeah. Yeah, but I think your kids are your harshest critics, aren't they? Don't you yeah, get they are. from them if you had a bad race? They, uh, yeah, they, uh, they do give me a hard time if I do have a bad race. Uh, but also, uh, you know, they, they're so proud every time they, um, they play with their cars at home. They do a lot of races and you can tell they know every driver by their name. They know every numbers the drivers have. Uh, and uh, I'm always on the podium on the race they do, uh, which is good. Oh exactly where you deserve to be um, and and how do you think um, I mean because to have three kids by 34 I think is, is is good going and to be juggling all of that with an F1 career is 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 very impressive um, and obviously having a working mother as well um, you, you do a lot I mean you, you get a, you pack a lot into your lives don't you but having that distraction if you like away from it I, I would argue makes you a better racer, makes you a more rounded human. Is that what you feel? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's obviously kids are hard work, especially when they're young. But uh, the reward you get from them, from having a hug or a kiss or a drawing, you know, in my office is full of drawing from from my kids, uh, and um, it, it's it's very. You know, it, it fills you with everything you need in life. Uh, and um, I guess, yes, sometimes, you know, you come back from a race late on Sunday night and then at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, we've got the alarm coming and need to get the kids, prepare breakfast, uh, help them to get dressed, drive them to school. And, uh, you know, you wish you could have slept until 10 a.m. without uh, any issues. Uh, but uh, as I say, also, they uh, they are beautiful and uh and it's just great to have to have them, and um, I don't think it. I don't think if I wouldn't have had kids, I would have had a better career. I think maybe, if anything, worse. Yeah, and I bet you are the coolest dad at school. I mean, it's not many kids that get dropped off by their Formula One driving father. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. But you know, they. Uh, we, I don't really, I don't really play on that. To me, when I go to school, I'm a dad. And uh, they're friends of the kids. I like playing with them and, uh, you know, we're just having fun. And as, as natural as we can be here, uh, as important it is for all of us. And would you want them to pursue a career in racing? Have they shown any signs or interest in doing it? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, they've asked to go karting and, and yet I have pushed back. Really? I, I don't really want them to be racist. You know, I, I know the world from inside and I know how tough it is and, and, you know, 30% of the grid next year will be either like dad owning the team or, or big sponsoring money. And it, it, it's very already, it's very complicated to make it. It's, it's a lot of frustration if you don't, if you are the wrong place, wrong time. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, anyway, they will do what they want. They will try to do what they want to try. And if they really ask for karting and so on, I will give them that chance as I had my chance. But uh, I won't be a dad that, uh, that pushes them and, and really, you know, bring them to every race uh, track uh, everywhere and, and really push them to go for that because that was my passion. You know, I'll be as happy as there are tennis players, uh, doctors, astronauts, Whatever they want to be. I like the fact that you've gone for an elite sports person, astronaut, doctor. You know, you, you're setting the bar pretty high already. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no pressure, kids, but you can easily be an astronaut or a doctor or a teleprompter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's the thing they like. Uh, Is it? So, but uh, whatever they want to do, I'll be proud of them. Uh, oh, and uh, you know, I think they, they will have their own life. As I say, I won't block them from trying things but I won't push them neither just because that's what daddy did and, and you should do it. I feel like you've got a very strong gene pool of talent between you guys. Like there's a lot of talent. You know, you were an incredible skier, obviously. Marion's a very bright, intelligent woman, very articulate. Um, you've got this passion for cooking. I mean, they could pretty much go into anything, couldn't they? Because you, 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 you paved the way for lots of different <laughs> careers. Uh, I hope we give them the best we uh we could for more genes and uh, same as education, we try to give them as much as we can, you know, uh, spending some quality time when we are here because, um, you know, the life we have, we're traveling a fair bit, but uh, generally I think, yes, we're trying the best we can. There's no magic. There's no secrets on, on what you can, what is right and what is wrong, but we try to do the best with our heart. Yeah. I mean, you flagged up some of the negatives of Formula One, but I know that you've enjoyed plenty of positives as well. And um, you've had your role with the GPDA. What, what do you think you'll miss about Formula One? Racing the cars, for sure. Uh, you know, I think for me at the minute, the first 20 minutes of free practice one is the most enjoyable part of the weekend. Because you go on track, you don't know what to really expect, especially when we've been to Mugello, Imola, uh, Portimao. You've got no idea what are the lap times from everyone. And you just go out there, you drive and you enjoy it. And, and you try to find the limit lap after lap. Then you're happy with your lap time. You come back in the garage and then you see the leaderboard and then things got a bit more bitter. Reality kicks in. Exactly. But uh, at least for 20 minutes, you've had fun. You've been driving and, and enjoying yourself. Uh, so I will miss that. Um, 
yeah, the you know, I think we're working with the engineers, but you can do that everywhere you go racing. That's why I say, I think to me, I'm not done with racing because I love racing cars too much and, and working with engineers and trying to find what's the best part and best strategy. So um, Formula One is, is obviously the most known motorsport, a racing car category. And uh, probably the most famous one where you get the most fame and so on. But um, I think if I can win somewhere else, I'll be, uh, I'll be maybe even happier. I think it's that, that winning feeling that you're clearly yearning for that you haven't had for a while and you, and you deserve. So, yeah, I can get that. What about people? Who will you miss when you leave Formula One? Yeah, a fair bit of people. You know, you, you've been spending 10 years and, and most of the people stay around the, the work. But uh, one thing that I was quite proud of when I announced that I, I was going to leave Haas, few people came to me and says, where are you going? Can we join you? And, you know, it shows that, you know, uh, it's great because people, people love working with me and, and they want to follow me and they see that, you know, we can do great things together. And um, that is something I'm very proud of. Wow, that is quite an accolade, isn't it? That they would actually give up their jobs in Formula One because of you, that they want to work yeah. with you and not necessarily within the sport. Yeah, exactly. It was it was great because, you know, we, we knew I didn't have a chance in Formula One and a uh, few people just came and even different teams, which is quite uh, quite impressive. It wasn't it wasn't all in, in us, you know, and uh, people just say, oh, tell us where you're going and if there's a chance and it would be nice to work together and... So, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, because I remember you saying once a few years ago that you need to feel you have the team with you. And I, I feel you are like the ultimate team player in that respect. You're not this sort of, you know, because there'd definitely be a handful of drivers that are, are, are mavericks or lone wolves or whatever you want to call them. They come into the team and they don't gel with the people around them. That makes it that much harder. But I feel with you that you not only give in that respect but but you need it you feed off that positive teamwork energy yeah very much very much and uh, it has been uh, sometimes a bit hard in my career because i really need to to feel that the, the the team is behind me and you know we uh, we're in it together and uh, i've had it most of the most of the time which is great but uh, sometimes hasn't quite worked out for a weekend or so and uh, you just uh, i just don't feel at my best when it's like that so uh, I think um, you know that's what I'm looking at endurance races. Uh, I think if you if you're good with your teammates, if you're having a, a great time with them, uh, and and then the team on top of that, it can be a very a very good experience. Um, and uh, actually doing Le Mans 24 hours virtual uh, with with three teammates uh, just made it made me feel really special and really wanted to make it in real life because you know you share and when the crosses that you crosses the finish line, it's like. Yes, guys, we've, we've done it. Everyone needs to be loved and wanted. You know, it's, it's <laughs> human, isn't it? It's in all of us. In the Pink and Bows want to support you in whatever way we can during these uncertain and constantly evolving times. So we're giving away more noise-cancelling headphones to bring some added calm to your life. To win the headphones, just tag in the three friends you're most looking forward to reconnecting with once lockdown is fully lifted. Always include the hashtag Bose and those headphones could be yours. Good luck and stay connected. Yeah, how, I think so. does that, how does that sort of leave you then for the rest of this season? Because obviously we've, we've still got three races to go. Um, I can't believe that. I can't believe we've done that many races already. It's a crazy year. Um, but I guess because you've got individuals within the team who still support you, you haven't felt a lack of love internally. But... To be released from the team, I always think it's a really strange dynamic, knowing that you're leaving, to then be able to put in your best performance. Yeah, but I think actually everyone wants to enjoy those last three races and, and work as hard as, as we can. They know they've got two experienced drivers, and whenever there's an opportunity, Budapest or, or Hockenheim, uh, Nürburgring, sorry, we're ready. You know, we're ready, and, and even if we don't have the car to do it, we, we can pull something out of the, the hat. And... Um, they, they know that and they know it could be more tricky in the future. So they really want us to do the best we can and, and give us that extra motivation or extra bit of work that we can do it. 
And what's Kevin like as a teammate? Because you seem quite different people, but both quite calm and, you know, essentially good guys. Yeah, we, we are very different, but uh, we actually get on very well together. Um, obviously, there were those talk about uh, when we, we touched, I think, 2019 or so. And it was a, a big story out of nothing really um, bad. And, and people thought we, uh, we didn't like each other, but actually we do like each other. Uh, we travel sometimes together. Uh, you know, I think Kevin has been one of the best teammates I ever had. He's, he's much faster than what people think. Uh, he's, he's a great racer. And uh, I think with my, on the other side, with my experience and, and my, capability, my capacity to develop the car and, and set it up the best way, we're actually doing a, a great job. So, for example, I wouldn't mind racing endurance with Kevin as a teammate. I think we would uh, we'd find a good compromise and we would have fun. I reckon that's what may well end up happening then. Well, we'll know. I don't, we will see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet, but obviously... Uh, you know, we're all looking at, at the, kind of the same uh, projects in the future and, uh, and what we can do um, to, make, to keep living from racing, which is yeah. our job. So, you know, we, we just need to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, but he's so like you in that respect. He doesn't want all the BS, all the politics. He just wants to race, doesn't he? Yeah, very true. Very true. And he forgets us half of his stuff most of the time, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you can make this happen. I really do. And what about other drivers in the paddock? Who would you sort of say your other pals? Well, I've, I've had a really good relationship with Sebastian Vettel uh, for many years, as well as Pierre Gasly. Uh, I like George Russell. I think uh, we get on uh, very well as well. I will forget some. Uh, so I just most most of them I, I get on quite well with. Some are, have different lifestyles, so it's harder to kind of catch up or, or, or get with but uh, generally I think I am I've had the chance to have different teammates to be racing against a lot of guys in Formula One and um, it's been a great pleasure. And George sent you a nice message didn't he after the Haas announcement? He's yeah exactly. I feel like I feel like they're just you know because people always ask me come on who are the uh, I'm trying to think of a PG way of putting this who who aren't the great guys in the sport. But I, I really struggle to find it because I think generally, because it's the ultimate team sport, even though you're the ones that are very visible, you have to be team players. And as a result, the egos aren't out of control in the way that a lot of the public may think they are. Yeah, not true, true. Obviously, they are still, there are always one or two guys that you get on a little bit less with, uh, yeah. which is normal. You know, a human being, you cannot like everyone. And uh, also we're very much competitors. But um, I guess, uh, you know, when, when you've been in the sport for as long as I have been, you, you don't need that, uh, you know, to tell I am the boss, I am the king, just get out of my way, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, you know what you have achieved, you know what you've done, and uh, the, the youngster, you actually welcome them quite nicely. And how do you think you've changed from 2009 to now? Obviously, it's a long time. Um, you've done a lot in, in those sort of 11 years, but... How do you think you've changed as a racer and as a person? Because it, it feels, certainly from the outside looking in, that you're a very different competitor now than you were back then. Yeah, for sure I am. And, and I wish I had some of the experience I have today back in the, in, in the time. You know, I think um, I wasn't quite ready when I came to Formula One first. And it was a bit of a no, an easy move halfway through the season into a team that I was uh, going to get a little bit into trouble uh, and then you get fired and then, you know, it hurts a bit of confidence. And it's, when you come back, you try to make everything perfect and everyone happy. But then you're just not quite... Uh, it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't a straightforward career. But um, again, uh, I think even my first year, people are talking about the incident and so on. But I had three podiums. I almost won two races. Um, for a rookie season, it wasn't bad, you know, and uh, that's what I remember from, from that year. And uh, obviously then when people are starting hitting you hard on, on your head all the time, you just lose, lose a bit of confidence and, and you make more mistakes. But um, I bounced back quite nicely in 2013 and, uh, and then we know what happened and then I went to Haas and then things started well and 2018 probably is, is the year that I should have done much better. And um, I really messed up until Germany 
and then things got back in place where they should have been and uh, and it was a good season um so yeah i think you know up and down every, all the way but uh, generally happy with with my career and uh, if i was uh, romain gorgon from 2009 today well if i was the today romain gorgon back in 2009 uh, obviously things i think things would have been different but again uh, experience is something you cannot buy of course i mean I- you know, it's the it's the age old question. What advice would you give to your younger self? And I feel that as parents, we we do have a responsibility to learn from our experience for the sake of our children. But but is there something that you would say, particularly in 2012, when you were coming in for a lot of criticism from the from the press, but also from fellow drivers? I mean, that must have been incredibly hard to take. You clearly come out the other side of that a much better, more rounded driver and person. But what would you say now with the, the knowledge, experience and support that you've had to yourself in 2012? Well, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't change much. A few bits and pieces that could be quite adjusted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Lewis, was it his first year where he crashed in the pit lane into Robert and, and Felipe? And we all, all do mis- make mistakes. It, it happens. We, you know, we can't be perfect. And... Uh, you know, I've had a lot of criticism for crashing in the pit lane of stuff like that. Yes, they're stupid. Yes, they're avoidable. But as I say, we don't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, uh, especially when you don't have the, the fastest car, you always try to get to the 101% instead of staying at the 99%. And yes. uh, that, that, that makes a huge difference uh, in terms of, of yeah, what you can do and cannot do. Yeah, and I've heard you say before that perhaps you were guilty of trying too hard, but I mean, you'd rather be accused of that than not trying hard enough. Well, yes, you can You can make of a donkey a racing horse, but you can train a racing horse to be better. I'm loving all these little metaphors and sayings you're popping out with, so I'm going to write these down. <laughs> um, you definitely, you've obviously had help. You've talked about the, the psychologist that, that supported you through the last few years. Um, I guess, actually, particularly in a year like 2020, we could all do with a bit of therapy and a bit of uh, sort of self-reflection, if you like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an important uh, and a tough year for everyone. As I said, we're not human beings are not done to live inside and, and not having relationship and, and contact. And even you know, in French, we like kissing when we meet someone, and something you cannot do. And the fist bump or elbow bump, yeah, it's great, but it's just. It's just not the same. We're all missing something, even if we don't realize, I think we're all missing something from from that. And uh, wearing the mask, not seeing someone's expression, smile, it just puts us off. So uh, that's why I say, you know, I'm doing as, as well as we can in this year, but I don't think everyone is, anyone is doing very well. No, do you know, I totally agree. And I feel like every time there's an interaction which isn't wholly human, like hugging, kissing, um, seeing facial expressions, every time that happens, it chips away a little bit at you. And it's only like after six months of doing it that you realise there is quite a big hole and that actually it has taken its toll on us as human beings. I feel like you're quite a reflective person and you're, 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 you're prepared to, to explore your thoughts and minds. In some way, you, you, you might be too intelligent to be a Formula One driver. <laughs> you might overanalyze a bit too much. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. It could be true. It could be true. I am always trying. I'm a perfectionist, which is a quality and also weakness because, you know, you always try to find more. And, uh, you know, let's say you have had a lot of uh, love from our radio messages uh, and, and people don't really understand. But uh, it's, it's just frustration. But why? Because I want us to do better. You know, it's nothing personal. It's nothing negative. Is I want to do better. And it's funny enough because Ayrton Senna was like that. When he was doing pole by six tenths, he wasn't happy. He wanted to, to do it by one second. But when you win, people find it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's a quality. And when you don't win, people don't quite say the same. And that's why I say I am happy with what I've done. I know where everything is, it was placed. And, and the one I'm not proud of, Barcelona 2018, uh, Spa 2012, um, some of the you know the, the stupid stuff I've done, I am the first one to admit. But uh, don't give me shit for something that doesn't deserve it. Yeah, but why does it bother you if people do give you some shit? I mean, 
I, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't because I think it's only human to be affected by criticism. Um, but do you think perhaps you take too much of it on board? Do you think if you battered more of it off? Because I know some people are just, um, you know, these Teflon characters, nothing sticks, nothing bothers them. And maybe I, think, I think generally I'm, I'm quite, quite um, isolated to it, quite, quite strong and I don't really care. But, uh, you know, we all, as well, we're all human beings. And, yeah. and, you know, there's days you want to cry, there's days you want to smile. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not that easy to, um, to see a lot of criticism. And uh, which, which, if they're well positioned, if they're, they're well placed and, and make sense, yes, fair enough. You know, uh, tell me I was slow in Turkey last weekend. Yes, I was slow. I, I just couldn't find the pace. I couldn't find the confidence in the car. I was slow. Tell me, and I would be happy. Turkey as well. Sorry, you were slow getting to Turkey. You missed. I was. Yeah, I was a bit late, but actually, it turned out not to be too bad at home. I had a bit more time, but uh, oh. yes, I, it was. It was a slow weekend. So yes, come and tell me, I was slow, and I would say yes, I was yeah. slow. I just didn't find the pace. I didn't find the confidence. I couldn't push the car. I couldn't generate tartan, and so on. So that I am happy, but. Uh, some other comments and stuff that I, uh, you know, you can get to the nonsense and, uh, you know, I think, uh, yes, uh, they, they, um, they're, just, they're just a bit useless. I, I feel, though, unfortunately at the moment, given the climate that we're in, it, it feels like everyone's very quick to judge and criticise at the moment because I think everyone's just a bit frustrated and uh, perhaps a bit sort of tied up in negativity in in a, in a bad way but you know I, I also think that another beauty of having children is that you, you soon prioritize what really matters and, and what you should and shouldn't absorb like so uh, but god no, we're all works in progress aren't we none of us have got it quite right um that's why we, that's that's part of being ambitious as well um anyway i um i think you're such an asset to formula one and i think it will be really sad to see you go so i really hope that you know, these things do start to map out for you with your career. I know that you are involved um, with a brain technology company, which sounds like ridiculously clever. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I actually met um, the founder of MindMaze, Tej Tadi, uh, some years ago now. And um, initially was very intrigued by the, by the company brain technology company, how can you, what is it? And started to get involved a little bit more with, with MindMaze and understanding how we can, they can help a patient after stroke and how can uh, they help uh, even the, the rehab and via software, chipset, uh, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and um, even looking at, at some of the study against COVID, you know, where people are staying a long time in coma they, uh, they struggle a bit to wake up and, and using all those tools really helps people to put them back in, in life. And uh, also in different um, safety on different other aspects that we, we're working on. And um, it's, been, it's been a great experience um, just because it it's puts me off of my comfort zone, I would say. But also I have, uh, I have the sport athlete uh, eyes that, um, that see some of the, the things we need uh, as an athlete and, and maybe a little bit less uh, the, the, the brain technology because I, don't, if, I wish I could understand brain, but I don't really. Well, it's a good place to start learning, isn't it? And, and my understanding of it is that it's, um, it's the, the mind drive uh, piece of technology they're developed is actually to help in, in the event of impact to sort of tell in real time the potential damage that has been done to a driver's brain um, to give immediate response in the event of a trauma. I mean, that's a huge breakthrough, isn't it? That, that would be very big. And uh, I don't know how much I can disclose on that, uh, on that subject, but yes, there are, there are things that I, I really would like to see happening uh, for the next drivers, the next generation, because I think we can really be more secure and, and aware of what's happening on the on a crash scene. If we can put some of the ideas forward and uh, hopefully we can work with the FIA and, and the different sports uh, to implement that. Because uh, as I say, I think it would be a, a big, big step forward in terms of safety. And an incredible legacy for you long after you leave the sport to have 
you know, in the, in the same way that Sir Jackie Stewart has brought on the, the, the safety of Formula One in, in such an incredible way over the years. I mean, that, that in itself would be um, a great legacy for any driver to be involved with something like that. Yeah, for sure. But I also think you need to give back what you were given. You know, I was given the chance to drive Formula One cars, to have my passion, to uh, earn my, my, my life from, from it. And uh, obviously, if I can give back um, by this, by also the esports team trying to find the new talents and, and maybe putting them into racing cars, um, that would be my, my way of giving back what I had the chance to have. Fantastic. Well, thank you for giving so much um, to this conversation because I've loved chatting to you and wish you all the best for the rest of 2020. I'll see you in Bahrain and Abu Dhabi and then um, and we will toast you and, and hopefully by then you'll know exactly what you're going to do in 2020. Fingers crossed. Yeah, good stuff. Yes. Love to all the family and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, you too. Thank you, Roman. Sounds like he is spinning a lot of plates, but doing so very well. He's got a very balanced life and certainly does appreciate and value that work-life balance and keeping his family, uh, gorgeous wife and kids, happy and safe and uh, plenty of options for the future. So we all wish him well. Okay, loads more great guests on the way, some from Formula One, some from other walks of life, but I know you are going to love them. Stay listening for Ways to Win with Bose and for plenty more great guests here on In The Pink. We love to hear from you, so please do message me on Instagram or Twitter and I will speak to you very soon. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.